Hey, hey, what is going on? What's up? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, let's cool, cool. start. You want to start the podcast at the minute marker? Uh, sure. You've got notes. You know what we're going to talk about. We got just NFL stuff. A good distraction. Yep. Uh, from the from the fears of the real world. Yep, 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 yep. And I've got I've got a list of like very very interesting trades and deals and then sort of interesting trades and deals okay we'll hit the important stuff and i'll let you kind of steer the conversation that sounds good that sounds good but yeah i mean we'll focus up first on the you know brady, brady. rivers eddie bridgewater breeze and then some other ones i kind of think are decently notable and then if you have anything to jump in just let's jump in on it because sure you know, it's oh, DeAndre, deandre hopkins yeah, we can we can say him as well. So, welcome to the Tommy Divine Podcast. It is a special quarantine edition. It's day seven without sports. Uh, all we've had is free agency in the National Football League. So I thought we'd bring on a special guest here from an undisclosed location somewhere in Indianapolis. Patrick, how are you doing, my friend? Tommy, I'm doing well. Haven't quite gone totally stir crazy yet, but you know, football, uh, free agency and trades and all that, it's provided a nice distraction from the fears of the outside world. So uh, let's talk a little football. All right. So uh, big deals everywhere. Uh, ESPN's going nuts about this stuff. Don't have much else to talk about. And, and the first thing I think we have to hit on before we let all the other dominoes fall where they may, big Tom Brady. Going to sign today with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, what? this is this is I crazy. Mean, it just it's just crazy. There's nothing else you can really say about it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who would have thought that the team to lure Tom Brady, the, the greatest football player of all time, out of uh, Foxborough, out of New England, out of Bill Belichick, uh, would be Tampa Bay? Like, I don't think I could have seen that coming from a mile away until the rumors started, and I'm like. They're just going to throw a truckload of cash at him and see what happens. Okay. So I guess that's what happened. And I think he likes having Godwin and Evans, of course, two very good receivers for oh, him yeah. and better weapons than he'd have in New England. So I think the Bucks are an interesting team for next year. And it's going to be weird seeing Brady in their, in their uniforms, not going to lie. Uh, it's just very interesting to me that the worst franchise probably up till about maybe – 12 or 13 years ago, Tampa Bay was probably the worst franchise. No, they were absolutely not. You're forgetting about the Detroit Lions. I mean, they were – okay, the they Cleveland were top Lions. five no. miserable. Uh, oh, no, no, no. They were, but they at least won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, before the Super Bowl, though, they were pretty – Well, the Super Bowl was almost 20 years ago at this point. Was it actually 20 What, years? 03? Oh, goodness. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, okay. So, still, though. Like this I mean, league. they've not made the playoffs in over a decade. Yeah. So the fact that this franchise kind of has, you know, went from horrible to good to great, back to kind of mediocre again, the fact that they had the pull to make this with Brady and make it – because it couldn't have been easy for Tom to leave New England. I mean, let's just be honest right there. Well, like, I, think, I think the word on the street is Belichick didn't really want to bring him back at the price he was asking for. Yeah, well, I mean, that, but also, you know, your whole family has grown and lived in an area for so long. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you've been in the place for such a long time that it becomes more than football at one point to just, you know, to, to uproot your family, to go all the way to Tampa Bay. Uh, and, I mean, this is obviously – we're talking what? He's got one or two more years left, and then he retires and lives his days out in Miami or, I don't know, somewhere in the south. I mean, he's not playing five more years, right? I mean – yeah, and uh, that's why I thought um, Tampa was an interesting choice because I would have thought he goes, you know, somewhere kind of exotic. Like, I mean, Tampa, I guess, has the weather going for it, no state income tax, but I would have said he goes to, like, the L.A. Chargers or maybe the, the Vegas Raiders because it's a, a bigger market, uh, you know, more recognition, bigger fan base. He can retire there. It's a big city, and then – you know, venture into media or whatever he wants to do in retirement. And it's easier to do in a market like that where it's, you know, LA or Vegas and you've got the Raiders behind you or whatever. Yeah. But Tampa is just weird because they also don't really have, like, I'm not trying to, to knock against Bucks fans, but they don't have a huge fan base. And apparently those no. season ticket, the season ticket waiting list is out the door right now. Which uh, oh, well, yeah. is, is a total change of pace because uh, they were used to playing in front of empty stadiums. And I guess that's just the Tom Brady effect. When you have the greatest player of all time on your team, you're going to sell a lot more tickets than when you had uh, Jameis Winston. Yeah, I mean, this definitely changes the culture down there in Tampa. And I'm, I'm, really, I'm really wanting to see Tom Brady's change. He's going to have to change from, hey, for the last 20 years, I have been literally getting up, doing the same routines. Yeah, I've been changing them. But, like, it's just, it's been the same playbook, basically, with changes along the way with Belichick. But basically the same thing. Like, he's, I'm, I'm wondering to see how he's going to adapt to this. It's going to be very interesting to watch. I think if anybody can adapt to it, it's Tom Brady. Yeah, I, but, I mean, I'm not doubting that. It's just and, I'm wondering. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what. And here's the thing, though. Uh, Tom Brady is not the same player he was ten years ago, let alone five years ago. Uh, he's obviously a oh. much different player. He can't get oh, yeah. the ball downfield as easily. He's not he's not mobile really. Period. Uh, I mean, he's he's what 43 years old. He's gonna be 43 on, in August, I believe. Okay, so. I think this season could be interesting because, you know, if the Bucks give him, uh, you know, a huge contract all guaranteed and let's say he goes out there this season, he just looks like a shell of his former self. Does this contract suddenly become a total mess? Does he retire? I don't know. Because uh, there is a, a chance that he just goes out there and he is not the same player anymore because that's what aging does to you. And, you can only be an elite player for so long before suddenly father time catches up. Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, I think if it doesn't work out here in Tampa, I think he probably will retire. He'll see the writing on the wall if it's not working here. Um, I think this is his last stop. I think it's Tampa, then a one-day contract in Foxborough, so he retires a Patriot, and then uh, retirement. Here's my question, though. So you said, obviously, the arm isn't as good, and it, it really isn't. Um, he can't really no, throw he, the deep he's, ball. he's been captain check down for a couple of years now. Yeah, and so – And it's worked. It has worked because yeah. Bill Belichick's the greatest football coach of all time, but, you know, it's just not the same anymore. And 
I know you watched uh, that Tennessee playoff game, and I think we talked about it a little bit. Yeah, Brady was just bad. He was just very he, he bad. He was that very. Game. He was horrible. Very horrible. Yeah, he was not great. And and I'm, I'm, I think it's yeah. it's poetic to every other fan base in the league that his final pass as a New England Patriot was a pick six. Yeah, <laughs> isn't just, that wonderful? It's it's phenomenal to have watched. Glad to have witnessed it. Uh, mm-hmm. So here's my thing I've got. So this offense, okay. First of all, the Arians offense takes a lot to handle. I'm not saying Brady can't do it. He probably will be fine with it. But when Palmer came into this offense, when Jameis came into this offense, there was a lot of turnovers in the first year with this offense. So I'm wondering yeah, about that. Yeah, now, okay, and what I have to say about that is, uh, well, Carson Palmer, he was very productive at the end of his career with Bruce Arians. Uh, I was yes. I was a big big yes. proponent of, of the Bruce Arian system with Palmer. So I think it, maybe it could turn out better because uh, what we saw with Palmer in Oakland uh, for what, a year or two after he left Cincinnati yeah. versus what we saw with him in Arizona, it was night and day. So yeah. maybe Brady turns it around too. And maybe he becomes, you know, more like 2012 Brady or something yeah. like that. It, it, and yeah, it took a while for Palmer to, do well it took, it took a couple – it did take a little bit part of the year, but he came around and, and he was good. But uh, I think if anybody's going to pick up on the Bruce Arian system, it is Tom Brady. And I've said that a, a couple times. So uh, maybe maybe it works for him, and I, I hope it does because I think this Tampa team could be really fun to watch. Uh, so you said he obviously the deep ball. So in an offense when you have Godwin and Evans, who are both deep play receiving threats – how are you going to transfer that into a Brady-esque offense? Do you build the offense around Brady now, or how does that how does that happen? You don't do you know what I'm saying? You know, I yeah, I do. I, I think that's a good question because uh, I think you're gonna have to look out in training camp. Like, is Brady still does he still have the arm? Was the problem the weapons around him in New England, or was the problem him? Like, was it yeah. just that his receivers couldn't get downfield? Was it that he was throwing to Philip Dorsett and not Mike Evans? Or was yeah. it that Brady just couldn't get the ball there? And I think they'll kind of build the offense from there. And I'm sure uh, the coaching staff in uh, Tampa has got some intel on that. And they probably understand better. And, I mean, when you've got a chance to sign the greatest player of all time and it makes sense for your team, I think you do it, even if there are some question marks there. Like, he might not be the same player, but – if there is a chance that he is, there is still that, that ounce of Tom Brady, greatest quarterback ever. And I've said that a thousand times. Uh, I'm just yeah. going to hammer it down. They got Tom freaking Brady. Yeah. Uh, if there's still an ounce of that, you know, yeah. past Brady from a couple of years ago and what we've seen from like all these games time and time again over the last 20 years where he just shows up and he dominates and he just didn't do that last season. So no, if he still has that in him somewhere, I think they're going to be very, very well off. I do like this move for Tampa. I like it better than Jameis Winston because I think he is a, I think oh. he is a safer quarterback than Jameis well. Winston. And I, I think Jameis Winston kind of got a raw deal in Tampa. I don't think they gave him – I don't know. I don't know what to say uh, about, about uh, that. There, there's a eh. lot of things to say about it. Let's it it was complicated. Tampa, yeah. Up it was there. probably time for both parties to move on, and we'll talk about Jameis in a little bit because I don't see where he goes from here. It's a little, it's a little murky, but yeah. Uh, so a few uh, things. To I, I do like this move, despite the question marks. 
So a few things to mention. Obviously, Brady loves – older Brady loves defenses. And secretly, under the table, and this is from last season too, Tampa's got a really good defense. They do. Very no, they, they absolutely do. And a Shaq lot of people Barrett. aren't talking about it. Yeah, Sha- Shaq Barrett, of course, one of the best pass rushers in, yeah. in football. I think he, he – did he lead the league in sacks last year? I, I believe yes, he did. I believe he did, yeah. Yeah, so – now, having a guy like him in New England, of course, had a good defense last year, too. For the first, oh, yeah. what, 10 or 12 weeks of the season, they were, you know, otherworldly. Yes. And then I guess the wheels kind of fell off for the whole team by the end of the season. And, you know, by week 17, the writing was on the wall that, hey, Brady might be on the way out. Things are going to be changing here in Foxborough. Yes. So I, I do like this Tampa defense and, and Bruce Arians. I can't say enough good things about him as a coach, especially. You know, I'm sure you remember uh, the year he filled in for Chuck Pagano here in Indianapolis. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Andrew Luck's rookie season completely turned the tide with that team, really helped Andrew Luck out. I think he, he was a great coach with the Colts, great coach in Arizona. And hopefully he can keep it up in Tampa because I like yeah. him. I, I'm a big Bruce Arians guy. Uh, well, I'm already starting to see the Adam Schefter Tampa Bay could host uh, their own team in the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay, to be in the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay for the first time ever, a uh, home team getting to play in its own stadium for the Super Bowl. So th- those Yeah, it's going to be at the Ray J. There, so. I don't know if this is a Super Bowl team. I think they're going to be good if if we do – unless Brady falls off a cliff, which, like I've said, is entirely possible. But yeah. I don't know if this is a Super Bowl team. I don't even know if they're going to win the NFC South because – I think this, I mean, the Saints are still going to be there, obviously, and they brought back Drew Brees, obviously. So I, I think the Saints will still be good for sure, but I kind of am expecting Atlanta Falcons bounce back season. I think I've been expecting that for like two or three years, and it just hasn't happened yet. So no, I'm ready for an Atlanta Falcons bounce back. I think they yeah. were just ravaged by injuries last season. I, I think Matt Ryan Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. They're going to figure it out. Julio Jones. I mean, you know the names. Yeah. We've seen him go to the Super Bowl. We've seen him do all this great stuff. So yeah. maybe the Falcons bounce back. There's always that threat. And Carolina, I mean, they aren't really a threat to win the division because, I mean – well, they've lost about everybody, but they still have Christian McCaffrey and Teddy Bridgewater is oh, no joke of a quarterback. Yeah. So they can take a game or two uh, that they might not expect, like playing at Carolina uh, for Tampa or Atlanta or New Orleans. Uh, that's not an easy game. Uh, the NFC South is a loaded, loaded division. Yes. And now that you have Brady and Breeze going head to head, I'm not even going to say it. I was going to potentially say, can we have a Manning-Brady-esque type of thing with Brady and Breeze, but I think it's too late for that. I don't I don't think so, but uh, I, this is probably the best division uh, Tom Brady's ever been in. I mean, the last 11 years, oh, the yeah. AFC East has been pretty much routinely a total joke, yeah. except for like what the one year with Miami and Ronnie Brown and the Wildcat and yeah. two years where the Jets made the AFC title with Mark Sanchez. I mean, other than that, the division's been pretty much a total joke. Yeah, and with the year with Castle, that was a whole nother. Yeah, and that was the Ronnie Brown season. Oh, too. was that was the Ronnie Brown? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, because Brady was hurt and Miami won the division. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna move on from that to another. Let's, wait. Uh, let's talk about what does this mean for the Patriots, though. What's next for New England? Because okay. that's the one thing people are forgetting. We're like, oh, this is huge for Brady, huge for Tampa. But what does it mean for the Patriots and Belichick and what he's leaving behind? <laughs> Who do you think is going to be? What are the Patriots' options at this point? Uh, are you talking quarterback? What are you What are you talking? Let's talk quarterback. Quarterback. Let's talk quarterback because well, the Patriots do have a lot of question marks, especially on offense because uh, they, their weapons, uh, their receivers, tight ends, running backs. It's dry. It's pretty yeah, dry. Very it's much. Edelman and very much so. Edelman and that's pretty much it. I guess Sony Michelle. So, like, what are the Patriots going to do? And they need a quarterback. I don't know if Jarrett Stidham's the guy or not, but I I tend to lean that he's not. Well, I had some notes for this, but let's just see if I can make sense of this. I Cam is either an option for Chicago or New England. Interesting. I like him in New England because there's a lack of weapons and Cam likes to run around and be mobile and do things on his feet. And so he's going to be, that's going to be a nice third tool. No, no, no. The thing with Belichick. Cam Newton is, the thing with that is, I mean, Belichick would just have a field day with a quarterback like Cam Newton. But the thing with that is, I don't think we know if Cam Newton's going to be the same player ever again after the injuries and the surgeries and all that. Can he still be that mobile dual threat MVP caliber quarterback, or is he going to be a shell of his former self? Because that that's even more likely, I think, than Brady totally regressing and getting even worse than he was last season. I think is Cam Newton just not being the same player he was anymore. And I like Cam Newton. I think he's an incredible player. And you know, if he is similar to say he was in that 2015 2016 MVP season, or even the seasons after where he was healthy, then by all means, you want that guy on your football team. Yeah. But if the price is too high and the injury concerns yeah. are too high, I don't know if you want to sign him or trade for him or whatever. I, I don't know if it's worth it. And there are other people talking about Jameis going to New England. and having. Now that's an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, I've heard from some people I've read and I've, I've heard on podcasts that uh, Bill Belichick just does not want Jameis Winston. Okay. Like, he wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. I don't blame but him. But I, mean, I don't know. Those are those are unfounded rumors. That I, I've not heard it from Schefter or Rappaport, so yeah. I don't trust it totally. I forget who I heard it from. I think it was somebody on uh, uh, the Ringer NFL show. Yeah. And But uh, I don't know. I don't know where New England well, goes from here at quarterback. I've heard some people throw around the idea of trading for Andy Dalton and then drafting a guy next year, which, geez, that, that would doesn't be doesn't sound like an answer to me. No, I don't see Belichick ever doing that. Yeah. But maybe this year you don't have to have an answer. Maybe this year you need a stopgap. Maybe they traded for Jacoby Brissett. What do you think about that? Interesting move. Uh, I think already knows I the think system. Be solid for a season. Obviously, not your guy headed forward, but for a season for a rent-a-guy, eh, why not do it if you're if you're Belichick? But I think that pretty much maxes your potential out at what seven and nine. I you really really do not like Brissett. I think with Belichick, he can go pretty far. He uh, couldn't do it with Frank Reich. I mean, and I got to be fair to Brissett. Uh, this last season, the Colts second half of the season. All the receivers were hurt, so he was throwing to pretty much nobody. But 
it's not like New England has better receivers than the Colts. I mean, they true. have a pretty horrible receiving room. And that is true. You know, with the regular wear and tear of a season, one or two of those guys get hurt, and suddenly you're thrown to a even more nobodies than you were on the Colts last season. That, 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 I don't, I don't think, I don't think Brissett's a very good quarterback. I think he's pretty mediocre. I think he's fine. He seems like a good dude. Like I don't hate him or anything, yeah. but like he's not a future answer for any team as starting quarterback. And you're not going to make the playoffs with him at quarterback. Yeah. You just yeah. aren't. He's not winning you any games, but he's not going to lose you a whole lot of games either. Yeah. But no, he did win the Colts one game. He won the Colts the Denver game at the very end. I mean, he played like crap in the Denver game until the end when I don't know if you remember uh, this game. He was about to get sacked in the end zone. He breaks free, hits oh, him down the field yeah, for forty yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah. I, that play. That was, was like the one incredible play he made I all mean, season because he just refused to throw the ball downfield. Yeah, he was that play was phenomenal. Uh, and maybe he didn't throw the ball downfield because Frank Reich didn't want him throwing the ball downfield because he doesn't trust him throwing the ball downfield, which I get. But uh, throwing the ball downfield is not going to be an issue for the Colts this season because uh, let's yeah, transition into it. I was going to say let's transition uh, to that. The Colts signed Phil Rivers, old old gunslinger Phil. Oh, boy. Uh, I like this move. I like this I like move a lot. I like it as well. I really do. Um, and it's only for one year, which yeah. I think is the best yeah. part because I want to get into his, uh, you know, Phillip Rivers is 38, and he still is a good quarterback. Uh he wasn't really as good last season. The numbers were certainly there, but, you know, the Chargers struggled a lot last season, and I credit a lot of that to them having a horrible offensive line last year. They just didn't have a good O-line, and uh, Rivers is not mobile. He's never been mobile, and at 38, he's not getting more mobile. So he didn't have a lot of time in the pocket, and he's not getting out of there, so he's going to take a lot of hits. Uh, this year he's going to have one of the best offensive lines in football on the Colts. And the Colts just brought back Anthony Costanzo, which is huge. Uh, so Phil's going to be able to sling it down the field, and hopefully the Colts can add another receiver or two to the mix and, you know, compete for the, not just the division, but maybe even an AFC title. So with this now, if we draft C.D. Lamb, and I say we, I say Colts is a we. No, 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 no. Well, they can't. They traded their first round Oh, pick. correct. I'm sorry. That was my bad. Because of uh, the Buckner trade, which is also a huge Yeah, and money. that's another thing. If we're talking about the Colts, I'll tell you what. I absolutely love this DeForest Buckner trade, and I'm not even being a Colts homer with either of these. I think these are just really smart yeah. moves uh, for a team that's two biggest issues, at least according to me, were throwing the ball deep, which they just fixed, and pass rush, which they really just helped because Marge's Hunt, uh, they just cut him. He, he was horrible last season. Uh, could not – get anything going on the, on the defensive tackle. And they just signed the second best defensive tackle in the league. Basically the best defensive tackle, not named Aaron Donald yeah. uh, to a huge contract for the next couple of years. And they traded their first round pick to get him. And, and I know some Colts fans have kind of criticized this and said, I haven't seen many, but there've been a couple who have said like, we don't want to give up our first round pick. We want to get a receiver or a quarterback yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You, know, you can wait, you can wait a year on those or maybe even somebody in the second round falls or, a guy falls yeah. to 25th overall, and you trade your two second-rounders this year into the first yeah. to, to get the guy your, you like. Your receivers but, are dime a dozen. You can find them. Really well, anywhere. yeah, they, they are. They, I think receiver and running back are positions like that, but you do want the, the high-end guys, at least one or two of them. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I think they do have one high-end guy right now and T.Y. Hilton and one guy who I think has the potential to be a high-end player in Paris Campbell. We'll see with him, but yeah. – and, and I think Marlon Mack could be there, too. We'll see. But 
why I like this trade so much is uh, DeForest Buckner is only 25 years old. He's an elite defensive tackle, all-pro caliber guy. And you're locking him up long-term. And if you were going to draft, there were some rumors that the Colts were going to target a defensive lineman at that pick anyway. So if you're going to draft a guy, you would hope that their ceiling is probably as high as DeForest Buckner's. But you don't have to worry about that now because you have the actual real deal DeForest Buckner on your team. So the pass rush for the Colts is is now upgraded probably twice as good as it was going to be. This is a huge move, and I adore it. I think the Colts are going to be way better next season, especially if they stay healthy. So the Colts now have to worry about – I mean, and you, and you guys say this is a legitimate threat. The Titans are a legitimate threat in the AFC South. Uh, Yeah, after that playoff run, I would say, yeah. But I don't know how sustainable it is yeah. because I don't believe in Ryan Tannehill. I think Ryan Tannehill is maybe the most overrated player in the NFL. Yeah, I would – yeah. Because – no, I don't think he's that good. I I think he's fine. He's serviceable. I don't think they were winning games last season because of they won games last year in spite of Ryan Tannehill. They lost games because of Marcus Mariota, but then they just put in a replacement level average QB instead of a negative QB uh, in uh, Tannehill, and they won games because of Derrick Henry. And I don't know if Derrick Henry can sustain his playoff run, which was you know remarkable, incredible. Yeah. For, for a whole 16 going on 17 game season. I just don't know if they can do it because they didn't do it last year. They were you know, pretty average and the AFC is weak last year. And that's why they made the playoffs, but they did go on a run because Derrick Henry went, went just insane and had a legendary playoff run, but I don't know if it's sustainable. I like the Titans defense, but I think offensively, I don't believe in them. And, and I like their receivers. I like Brown. Uh, the guy at Ole Miss, but because yeah. that's his name. That, that's his name. Yeah, right? Brown. Yeah, Brown. He's yeah. yeah. Okay, I got it right. Uh, I had forgotten. It's been a while since I'd watched the Titans play, but I like him. And they got rid of Delaney Walker, which I think is odd. Yeah, I, that doesn't make much. Sense. I don't get that. And you know, Tannehill, he'll he he's fine. He is okay. But you are not going to win the division with Ryan Tannehill as your starting QB. You just uh, so if we talk AFC South, so I think the Texans are done when they traded Hopkins. I yeah goodbye. yeah I mean, that. Let's talk about that. What in the hell are the Texans thinking? Why why would you give her away one of the best receivers in football? Is my question. Uh, well, it's, I, I get why they would give him away. Maybe they don't want to pay him. They don't want to give him a huge contract or something. But why would they give him away for, for that? David for Johnson. Dollar? Did they not for, you know, the wash – David Johnson, I mean, two years ago he was the best running back in the yeah. NFL. But I think he's pretty much, by all regards, washed up at this yeah, point. I, maybe he turns it around. Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? Yeah. But they got, what, a second rounder? Yeah. For the best receiver in the NFL, for maybe the best receiver in the NFL, I don't know if I'd call him the best, but no, he's, he's certainly one up of the there. Best. And he's up uh, there. They gave him up for for absolutely nothing for for a second rounder and a fourth rounder, right? And in a mediocre running back when they've already got Lamar Miller. I mean, yeah, like really? That's it? Did they not call the Buffalo Bills? <laughs> and maybe they wanted to get him out of the AFC, but did they not call the Buffalo Bills who? Gave up a first rounder and more for Stephon Diggs. Now that's smart. 
and, and just say, hey, Buffalo, what will you give us for DeAndre Hopkins, who is better than Stephon Diggs? Yeah, okay, yeah, he is better than Diggs. He is better than Diggs. But... And Diggs is good, don't yeah. get me wrong, but the fact that you couldn't get as much for DeAndre freaking Hopkins as, as the, the Vikings got for Stephon Diggs, I think that's that's asinine. I, I, I think, to me, you might as well go ahead and bury the Texans because – now, who, who are you going to rely on to be your receivers? Will Fuller, who's out on the field maybe once every three weeks, maybe? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's, he's yeah, not It's reliable. Deshaun Watson. Uh, you got to feel bad for Deshaun Watson. And I know I'm lower on Deshaun Watson than a yes, lot of people. I, I think, think he's yeah. – I think his ceiling is high. And what I saw from him last season, he was great for the most part. And there were a couple games where he just wasn't as good. But – from those first two years, I did think a lot of people overreacted to his potential more so than the results, especially that first rookie season. Uh, and uh, where was I going with this? Uh, uh, Deshaun oh, Watson. Uh, Texans, Texans, Texans. Lost my lost my train okay. of thought. Uh, Texans. I do think they're they're pretty much done. I mean, they traded they traded Hopkins, and I don't know what they're gonna. Go go to from from here. Their offensive line was already weak, and and their defense. They've got JJ Watt. They traded Clowney before the season. Yeah, like what are they? What are they doing? What is Bill O'Brien the worst coach and GM? I think he's the worst GM think... in the league, bar none. And I think he might be the worst head coach in the league too. And he should have been fired like three years ago. Like what? What are the Texans doing? I think the only reason. He got to go scot-free, was winning the division a couple of times, and that's what's really kind of strung him out this far is the fact that, you know, he's won some division titles, and it's, you know, he keeps the illusion. Yeah, he's won division titles because he has had J.J. Watt and Shadavey and Clowney. Like, this team should not just be winning the AFC South, a pretty, pretty much always a bad division. I mean, sometimes it's an okay yeah. division, but usually it's not a very good division. Like, this team should be competing for much more than that, given the talent it has. And Bill O'Brien has just held them back time and time again. Yeah. I almost feel bad for them. I, I almost just, as a Colts fan, that's hard to say. Like, I kind of feel bad for them. They have to oh, I, I really don't. Um, I wish O'Brien <laughs> I wish would trade the other lot to Pittsburgh. We could have a reality TV show. No, 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 no. No, trade him to the Colts, please. Oh. Or trade him out of the AFC, not the Pittsburgh. I, we don't want him there. I, I, no, I know, but I kind of would like to see all the Watts on the same team. That would kind of be cool. Yeah. They, they did get the, the fullback, Watt, from uh, San Diego yeah, to sign. That would, that would be cool to see all the Watts. Or the LA Chargers, whatever. I, I think so, too. But I mean, would I like him not to be playing JJ in Pittsburgh? Is. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, and maybe once JG's at the end of his career. Yeah, it'd be fun to have all the Watts in the same team. Have a reality TV show. That's the that's the <laughs> little sister in me talking. But uh let's let's talk about uh let's go to Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. I think that's like the third biggest move. Uh we talked about it a little bit. Uh, at, at quarterback, probably the third biggest move. I mean, or unless you want to count resigning yeah, Drew no, Brees, everybody, which I don't think we have to say much on. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what do you think? What do you think? What about, about Chase Daniel? Chase Daniel to Detroit. <laughs> Ma- Mariota got re-signed <laughs> by the Raiders, or, or Mariota got signed by the Raiders. Everybody. 
Yeah, maybe they can find a new non-quarterback position for Mariota, or maybe maybe they'll maybe Gruden can work a little QB camp magic. Hey, I'll tell him. you this: the fact that Mariota has a job in the NFL as a second string, and we can't get Jameis a job—that's not right. Can't get Colin Kaepernick not, a job, right. but Marcus Mariota. Yeah, yeah I mean. Obviously, Marcus Mariota should be working at the drive-through at Wendy's, but yeah, drive-through only, no, no sit-in, sit-in because we're in a pandemic. Except, you pandemic. know, Mariota may be the center of the whole pandemic. We didn't even think about that. <laughs> he could be spreading this whole thing around. He seems like the guy that would do such a thing. He'd be like the guy that tell you, "I don't have, I don't have it," but you know, I'm just gonna shake your hands anyway. Like he's like one of those guys. No, but uh, if there's a spot mm. for Mariota on a team, there's a spot for Jameis somewhere. No, there's got to be like, a spot for Jameis. And I know we were talking about the Raiders a second ago. We were going to go to Carolina, but you think Derek Carr could be on the move? Do you think they draft a quarterback? I think – oh, this is a fun question because I wasn't expecting that. Derek Carr to New England could, could be a thing. Uh, I don't know. Derek Card in New England would be nice, I think. He's a I before he got injured, he was such a great quarterback before he got injured. And I then agree. he got injured. And one of the Colts to trade for he, him. Ever since he's just not been the same. Just mm-hmm. hasn't been the same and, guy uh, ever since he got injured. I don't know if Belichick would view him as a stopgap quarterback or a long term solution. I think that depends, but I think Belichick definitely wants a guy with a high ceiling who he can mold into like the future of the Patriots, the next Tom Brady, so to speak. And I think that's that's why I think whoever the Patriots sign a quarterback, if they sign anybody or if they just roll with Jared Stidham, it's going to be to a one or a two year yeah. deal. So then they draft somebody and mold them into the next quarterback, which is why I'm glad the Colts did that with yeah. Rivers for only yeah. a year. And maybe they extend Rivers after this year if they don't have you know, the draft capital or pick position or yeah. the quarterback in place who they think could be the quarterback in the future. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, with all that, and Carr, I think, could be on the move if the Raiders or Gruden falls in love w- with a quarterback. Maybe Jordan Love. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. Who knows? Nice little, nice little uh, transition to that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk okay, about Carolina, yeah. though. Uh, we talked about Cam Newton a little bit. But uh, let's talk about the new quarterback in Carolina. That's Teddy Bridgewater. And what a, what a remarkable comeback from Teddy Bridgewater, by the way. You know, in Minnesota, two torn ACLs. He looked like he was done for. He survives being a backup for the Jets. Yeah. And then he goes to the Saints, yeah. has to fill in for Drew Brees, turns his career around, and now he's a starter for an in-division rival, Carolina Panthers. So congrats yeah. to him. He's really turned it all around. Really but. Stuff. I, I don't know how I feel about this move. I think for Carolina, this move signals to me, and the minute it happened before the whole Cam Newton will explore yeah. trade uh, news came out, it sounded to me like Cam Newton must not be healthy. Cam Newton must be a, a, a shell of Cam Newton. Cam Newton must not be Cam Newton anymore. And that sucks to hear because Cam Newton's such a fun player to watch. And he was a great, great player. And if this is the end of the road for Cam Newton and – he gets traded somewhere and he's just not the same and he gets hurt again and he retires or whatever uh, might happen. That'll suck because the league was more fun with Cam Newton in it. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater, I'm going to talk about him yeah. for a second. I like I like Teddy Bridgewater and I think he is 
an above-average quarterback. He is certainly better than Kyle Allen. I'll give them that much. He is a huge improvement over Kyle Allen, and maybe he can take a little bit of the stress off of Christian McCaffrey. Except, at the same time, it won't take any stress off of Christian McCaffrey because everybody knows that the only move that, instead of just running the ball with Christian McCaffrey and throwing the ball short to Christian McCaffrey, now they can throw medium-length passes to Christian McCaffrey because he is and will be their entire offense still, but now they can just be a little more versatile. Maybe Bridgewater can take it and run. Maybe Bridgewater can get it deep occasionally to a receiver. I don't even know who he's going to be throwing to. It's not like Carolina's got, you know, good receivers anymore or anything, but they do have one Christian McCaffrey and having at least an above average quarterback makes Christian McCaffrey all the more dangerous. So good on you, Carolina. Congrats. I, I, I'm going to say this. I don't think Cam's injured. I think, Maybe he's hurt. I really? don't think he's injured. I think he's healthy. I mean, no, he's he's been hurt. Yeah. Well, he's been hurt, and he missed the last year plus because he's been I hurt. Think, I think Carolina is ready to move on from that Cam show factor that they've had for that a while. That era? That aura. That era, I think, is, is over. Yeah. I mean, they've in the last couple of years. I mean, they're all gone. Yeah. Travis ben- – or Kelvin Benjamin, he's gone. Uh, Greg Olson's yeah. gone. Thomas David. Yeah is gone. So, to me, like, you know, now they're moving on to Kat, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Or Thomas Davis. Thomas David. Thomas Davis. Yeah. Chris, yeah, go Christian ahead. McCaffrey's our guy now. This is our guy. We've drafted him, groomed him. He's our guy now. He's our offense. He's, he is the he, golden he calf. He is what he is now. Cam, sorry, but we can't have – because you have Christian McCaffrey, who his whole family has been – Olympiads or football players or you know, uh, you know, rock climbers or whatever he his family's done. I think their family has done every sport uh, known to mankind. I don't know what they haven't done. Yeah, they're gonna have yeah. what the starting quarterback at Michigan yeah. next so season. They, they're yeah, and uh, a, a backup at Nebraska. Yeah, the so, mom's a... uh, if you need hey, if you need Big Ten football news, go listen to my podcast first and ten. <laughs> Oh, wow. Already? It's only 40 minutes into the podcast. No, I'm kidding around. Oh, I mean, if we're talking uh, about Big well, football. We, I mean... we found a sliver of that. But, uh, no, the, mom, the mom's <laughs> – wasn't the mom a tennis player? The dad's uh, – you know, the dad was a football player. Something um, like that. And so, you have him who he's kind of – he's down home – or, you know, down-to-earth guy. But at the same time, he's very, you know – he has a, a image of himself. He's got a, you know, he's got a, what do we call that? A uh, uh, ego, not a probably a big ego. I don't, I don't know about any of this. I don't, I don't co-sign on any of this. But I'll let you continue to ramble. There, you know, maybe he has an ego. You got Cam. You definitely know Cam has an ego, and can, you know, it's oh, the sure. sheriff coming <laughs> into town ordeal where you know, hey. This, this town ain't big enough for the two of us. It's either Christian or it's me, you know? And I know that obviously it's two different positions, but at the same time you're thinking, you know, it's either it's either me or it's the new Christian. Who, who do you want? And the Panthers obviously went with Christian McCaffrey. I'm, I don't think that's the case. I don't yeah. think that's the case at all. I think they could have coexisted totally, but yeah. I think Cam is just not the same player anymore. And Carolina knows it, and they're going to trade him. And move on because it's time. And they had a good thing going, but it's time. 
Okay. I mean, but he does he does leave Carolina as the greatest player in team history, a total legend. Took him to a Super Bowl. He leads the team in passing yards, passing touchdowns, and rushing touchdowns all time. Yeah. He's a legend. He's a legend in Carolina. And uh, Tate Frazier, he's got to be sad thinking about that today. Tate Frazier in quarantine, got to be sad yeah, thinking yeah. about Cam Shout leaving Carolina. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tate's in – I don't know if you if you listened to the new episode of yeah. Titus and Tate, but Tate's in legitimate yes. quarantine right now. Like he he's actually quarantined, like not just like us, but like, like he's legit. Oh no, like legitimate. Hope Tate's okay. Uh, yeah, prayers out okay. to him uh, for that. Uh, and I think your thing about Cam's probably more likely, but you never know. I mean, yeah, you had to flip the theory oh, out there. Yeah. All right, see if it sticks. Uh, all right, so Breeze signed. I don't think that's really a big. Deal. I think Bridgewater signing with uh, Carolina is a great, a great deal. Um, I'm glad he's starting somewhere. Yeah, I like it. I'm glad I he's like starting it. somewhere. Um, he definitely deserves it. I think having him as a backup is kind of a waste at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm glad. Can we talk about the Tannehill contract? Because I think that's horrible, and I think that's going to haunt the Titans for years. I, I mean, I think it's better than Mariota, though, right? I mean, who else were they going to start? No, obviously it's better than Mariota, but they should have tried to get. Uh, I mean, I guess they had to pick Tannehill anyway. Oh, but wait, who do you think they should have gotten? I don't like giving anybody. I don't oh. think Tannehill's that good. Anybody who's slightly better than Tannehill, he's just but... mediocre. He's gonna. He reminds me of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I I think he's slightly better than Fitzpatrick, but here's. I think he's Fitzpatrick like in the way that he tricks you into thinking he's really good. And he tricked a team, and, and Fitzpatrick's done this a thousand times. He's tricked teams into paying him a bunch of money. Not tricked, but he's outplayed how he actually is, and he's basically played his way into a huge contract by accident. But here's the thing, though. So, And I think Tannehill could be the next Fitzpatrick in, but, in that but, sort of model. Because they can't yeah. just – because he really only succeeded because they rode Derrick Henry like, like a horse. They just used Derrick Henry nonstop, and you can't do that for 16 games. They could do it for eight or however many he actually started, but you can't do it for 16. But, you know, here's the thing, though. Like, he's – and this is eventually going to run him into the ground, but I think Tennessee is going to try to do what Detroit did with Barry Sanders and the fact that they're just going to run him ragged. And I'm not saying it's a good idea, but when you're going to use a guy like Derrick Henry as your workhorse, are you really going to go out and try to pay more money for – a quarterback when you have the product, you know, and you ha- why, why need a good quarterback when I have uh, one of the best running backs in the league? Well, and the thing is, if they really wanted to commit, and I think with the Titans just made some stupid moves, I think they should have given Henry the contract and franchise tag Tannehill because if they really wanted to commit to being Derrick Henry's our guy, we're going to run Derrick Henry. We're going to be the Derrick Henry show. Like they were in the playoffs, they would have given Henry the contract instead of giving him the franchise tag because now Henry's probably going to hold out in the preseason. I don't know what the Titans are doing. I, I think they probably made the right choice bringing back Henry, obviously. He's oh, yeah. the best running back yeah. in football. But giving Tannehill the big contract instead of Henry, and I know it's hard to give running backs contracts because they age so quickly and a lot of wear and tear at that position, but even just a three – I don't know if they could negotiate it right is the thing, but 
I think committing to Henry over Tannehill, I like five years of Henry more than I like three years of Tannehill. And I certainly like both of those options more than I like just one year of Henry and then probably being forced into either giving him the contract or trading him like, or seeing him walk. I don't know. You're running out of options. And I think Tennessee could have played their cards way smarter. Okay. I, I, I don't think Tannehill's great, but I don't think he's as bad as you think he is. No, he is mediocre. No, he's, he's fine. Just, he is just an okay quarterback. Yeah. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with him. You're not even going to win the division with him when you're going yeah. against Philip Rivers and you're going against Deshaun Watson. Yeah. For for certain, for certain. And I don't. I think he's probably. I'd put him on the same level as like Nick Foles. And I think Nick Foles got severely overpaid by Jacksonville too. Yeah. And but I mean Nick Foles in the playoffs was a different animal, but a regular season Nick Foles, I'd put him on that level. And I guess we'll see what Gardner Minshew becomes, but I think Tannehill is certainly the third, maybe fourth best quarterback in the division. Uh all right. So any other moves you want to talk about? Uh maybe some play out scenarios. Where do people go, do you think? Or Maybe do it, wrap it up. Uh, I don't. I can't really think. I can't really think of anything off the uh, top of my head. Uh, do you have any bold takes for next year after what we've seen? I think in the last couple days. Cam is going to be a Chicago Bear before it's all said and done. I think he's going to Chicago. I don't know if they have the capital to trade for him. Is the thing. I think he, they can make a move for him. I think it's potential. It's a potential move. I think. Uh, all right. And let me tell you this right now. The Arizona Cardinals are playing in the toughest division right now, but they have a chance to win the uh, NFC uh, West. Could we see all four NFC West teams in the playoffs next year? Because now that there's the extra wild card, you can get four playoff teams from a division. That division will be a bloodbath. And I think the Rams will finish fourth. uh, On a year where he's coming back, we, I, he played well last year. I think a lot of people were mm-hmm. really down about the Cardinals. I think that team was really good. They stuck into a lot of games. And now the fact that you get rid of David Johnson, who, by the way, see you later. Bye-bye. And, mm-hmm. Bad contract for a guy who's just not the same since injuries. So, I mean, yeah. He used to be the best, he used to be the best running back in the league. And can I take it back to Derrick Henry for a second? I guess – David Johnson scenario is the worst case scenario for Derrick Henry if you give him the big contract. Yeah, and so now you, uh... which is maybe why the Titans were tentative about it. Which okay, I get, but I mean Derrick Henry's no David Johnson. Derrick Henry's Derrick and freaking the fact Henry. That you add another receiver like DeAndre Hopkins with Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, is that even? I mean, what you know? It's going to be interesting. Arizona's going to be an interesting team, and I think there's still a couple moves away on the defensive side of the ball, but uh, we'll see. Oh, one move we didn't bring up. Jacksonville got rid of Colias Campbell. They traded him to Baltimore for a fifth huh. rounder. Okay. That's a, that's a very interesting move. Which, okay. Great move for Baltimore. Stupid move for Jacksonville. They've completely destroyed that uh, defense from two years ago that almost went to the Super Bowl. That defense was awesome, and everybody's gone. No Jalen Ramsey, no Kalias Campbell. Yeah. Paul Pozlesny, yeah, retired. It seems like they're just trying to destruct, deconstruct at this point if you're Jacksonville. 
and I'll say this as a Colts fan, it's great for the other teams in the division to be stupid because oh, yeah. I think they're, they are stupid. So, yeah, Tennessee is significantly less stupid than the others, but I think they just have enough yeah. talent to make up for it. But Houston is a bunch of idiots, and so is Jacksonville. It's great. Maybe the Colts will. Well, out a lot of year, free hopefully. stuff going on. We're glad we could jump on the horn here and talk about it with you, Pat. As always, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Uh, also, thanks for having check me, out Tommy. His podcast. You guys got anything new coming up uh, on the horn over there on the first and ten? Uh, well, we're gonna have our end okay. of the season awards. Finally, we've been kind of hinting at it for a while. Uh, we just did a show about what we would want from the next iteration of an NCAA Great football podcast. video game. And uh, sooner or later, we're going to be doing some interviews with some players. Uh, we've got Jordan Morant. He's a freshman headed to Michigan. Or he's going to be a freshman at Michigan next year. He's a safety. We've got Bryson Bonds, a safety out of Texas, headed to Indiana. Uh, Jay Higgins, a linebacker from Indianapolis, okay. from Buff High School. Uh, he's going to Iowa and – uh, we've got a receiver from uh, Nebraska. He's going to be uh, on the Huskers next year. His name is Xavier Betts out of Bellevue, Nebraska. Uh, so we're going to have those guys coming on. Uh, a lot of content coming up on the 1G, including a rewatchable or a first and 1G classic where we're going to be talking about uh, the 2007 yeah. Illinois team, specifically the USC Rose Bowl and the yeah, Ohio State I'm... game. Uh, yeah, I think Tommy, I'll be on will, Tommy will be on for that. We're going to be talking about uh, the 07 Illini, so – a lot of stuff on the okay. docket for the 1G. Uh, first and 10, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. Spotify, wherever you listen. Instagram, at the first and 10. Uh, on Twitter, at first and 1G. You can follow me on Instagram, at Patrick Feltz. On Twitter, at Patrick J. Feltz. Absolutely, Thanks for me on, pal. Tommy. It's always stay great to talk to you. Stay safe down there and stay safe wherever you are, guys. Yes, please stay quarantined Absolutely. and wash, wash your hands, your folks. And see you later. Hey, Tommy. Hello. How are you? Good we? to be here. Good. Did you sit through that mass too? I sat through the mass. Uh, it was very nice. It was nice. Could have been a little shorter, but uh, it, it was all right. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean. Uh... Drug on a little bit. It's all right. Hey, Probably. you know how to, okay, you know how to shorten an audio, right? You know how to edit, uh, I... you know how to trim audio, right, Tommy? Hi, Reed. Uh. I got to go back into it and look at it. I showed, I sent you a video a while ago of how to trim audio, Tommy. You can, I'll sh- I can show you again if you need me to, but okay. that way you can trim all this out of the conversation. All right. Because sometimes on your show, we get the the beginning when it's me and you talking about what we're going to go over, which I think is funny, but uh, yeah. we can fix that. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I need to cut that. Um Okay. So I think you guys know the format. We're doing a mock draft, uh, snake draft. Who wants? The, who's getting the first pick? I don't care. We can Me either. Read the first pick since this is first time on the show on the TDP. Okay, yeah. You know, new new guest of the TDP. Uh, I can go. Tommy, you can take the third and first pick of the second round. So we're just choosing best uniforms across any American sport. Yeah, and they could be old, mm-hmm. new. Whatever. Right. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and we're picking five. If another person picks it, it's off the board. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Tommy, let's start this thing. You can introduce it at the 150 mark. 150 sounds good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>
and welcome to the Tommy Divine Podcast. It is April 4th or 5th. I, I can't keep track with all this coronavirus going on. But we have an old guest and we have a new guest at the same time, both of the first and ten podcast. Uh, we got Reed Murray from Nashville, Tennessee on. How you doing, Reed? I'm doing well. This is my uh, fifth time recording a podcast episode this week, and I'm absolutely loving it. Thanks for having me. Well, absolutely. First time on the pod. Love to have you. And of course, as always, our uh, host of the Big Ten, First and Ten, uh, Patrick Feltz back on with us. Pat, how you doing, buddy? Uh, it's good to be here. What a co-host. I've got Reed and Griffin, too. I think I think we split it fairly, fairly evenly. Uh, you know, we're like, we're like Lennon and McCartney, I'd say, okay. the two of us. Uh, so, you know, we're excited to be here. Uh, it's good to be back in the TDP. It's been probably two weeks since we did that yeah, Brady episode. Uh, I think we've got some fun stuff. We've got some fun stuff planned for today. I'm glad to be here. Uh, again, we've been pumping out podcasts like it's, uh, you know, no, no, uh, no joke. Uh, we, we've been pumping yeah. out a bunch. We've got some cool new episodes out. We've got Bryson Bonds of Indiana, Jordan Morant of Michigan, uh, Jay Higgins for Buff High School, Indianapolis, Iowa Hawkeyes, and... Austin Henderson in Nashville, Tennessee, Ensworth High School. He's going to Minnesota. And we've got some new ones coming out in the next couple of days. And those are all interviews over on the First and Ten. You can follow us on Instagram at the First and Ten. Spell it all out. On Twitter at First and One G. Thanks for letting me wow. play it, Tommy. We didn't have enough time at the end there. Uh, I guess uh, we got it all out of it. That's fine. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, well, the people have got the people have got time people to listen. I know time. the people have got. They have all the it's time fine. in the world. Uh, <laughs> All right, so and I really have enjoyed you guys' podcast though. So go check them out. They really are. Thank nice. you. Appreciate uh, thank you, Tommy. And it's really cool that you guys are getting recruits from these schools. It's it's awesome. It's really it's really cool. Yeah, I I promise you when we get a Purdue player, if we can get a Purdue player, uh, you can join us we'll, for that one. We'll see what we can do with that. But uh, for now, uh, what we're talking about today is we're talking about uniforms, old, new. It uh, doesn't really matter, but Pat, you came up with this idea, so I'm going to kind of let you take the wheel here for a little bit and kind of explain to the people what we're doing. Yeah, so uh, if any of you listen to Pardon My Take, another really popular podcast, obviously much more popular than either of our right. podcasts, uh, over on Pardon My Take, uh, the three of them, they've been doing uh, mock drafts over the last couple of days, but not like your regular NFL or NBA draft but like a snake draft, a fantasy draft, but they're doing like the worst things, like the worst candy or something like that. I think we're going to do our top five yes. uniforms, but in a draft order. Like, so if somebody picks, let's say Reed picks, I don't know, the Predators first yeah. overall, just because that's his favorite team. So he picks the Predators first overall, the Predators are off the board yeah. Yeah. or something like that. Now, uh, and we're going to go in a snake order. Yeah, so I one question about this. I probably should have asked this before we went on the air. Um are we choosing an entire team's uniforms or just one specific uniform combination? I'm thinking one okay. specific combination. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that way we can get into the, the nitty-gritty, the details. Uh, and I think Tommy and I decided, uh, since it's Reed's first time over here on the TDP, uh, we're going to let Reed yeah. take the first pick. So, Reed, take it away. What is the best uniform in your book? Um, I thought about this for a little while, and hopefully – I'm not forgetting any good uniforms, but I think the best sports uniform uh, right now has to be the New Orleans Saints color rush uniforms. I think these uniforms are absolutely beautiful. It has a really nice stripe on the side. 
some nice gold numbers. They match well with uh, the gold helmets. It's I, I believe it's a throwback look. I absolutely love these uniforms. Anytime the Saints wear them, makes me very happy. And yeah, that's my favorite uniform in American sports right now. Reed, I absolutely agree. I, I thought about putting those on my list. I didn't end up having it in my final top five, but uh, I love these. I love these jerseys. I wish they would make it their permanent uh, road jerseys since they're white, but I think they should just do a whole redesign based around these uniforms because I think they're beautiful, and I wish they would incorporate the fleur-de-lis a little bit more in it just because I think it's one of the best logos. Uh, but I love these jerseys. I think uh, the gold numbers are a nice touch, and I, I like whenever the Saints wear it's it, It's just too. such I'm a nice you. shade of gold, too. It's it's really incredible. It's so pretty. It, it's very much a New Orleans thing, and it's a New Orleans Saints thing, and it, it just it works. It works perfectly. Uh, you know what? I, I don't like to talk a whole lot about the Saints, uh, but nice jersey. Uh, phenomenal phenomenal wear, but uh, I, don't, I don't like to make a whole lot of comments on the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, because yeah, they beat the Colts in the Super Bowl. We know. To say, but anyway, <laughs> I do like I do like the dream. Yeah, though. I don't blame you. That's fine. Okay, so Reed first overall, he picked the New Orleans Saints right. modern Off color rush jerseys. All right, I'm gonna go second overall, and we're letting Tommy go nice. third and first. Uh, I'm taking uh, one of the most iconic looks in all of sport. I'm taking the silver and black of the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders. Excuse me. Uh, These are, they're unchanged virtually from, you know, 60 years ago. They've been rocking the same black Jersey, silver numbers. It's a simple look, the silver helmet with the pirate on the side. uh, It's iconic and it's intimidating. It's menacing. When you see the silver and black on the other sideline, you know, you're in for a battle and not a whole lot of teams uniforms can speak to you and kind of communicate the message like we're the bad guys we're the we're the rough and tough oakland raiders like you don't want to mess with us like the way that the silver and black do Mm -hmm. no very menacing uniforms uh it it kind of it's a traditional look it's very you think of madden you think of gruden you think of kind of those classic players you know yes ken stabler ghost in the post you know the Holy Roller, all those type of things. So very iconic uniform to get off the bat here. Absolutely, and very simple too. It's just a black jersey with a silver number on it. Nothing more, nothing less, and I think it works perfectly. All right, I like that. Reed, you got anything to add? Um, yeah, honestly, I kind of wish the Raiders would come up with some sort of alternate uniform other than the current color rush they have, but yeah. for – if we're talking just home and away uniforms, this is a really good combination. Definitely a good look for the Raiders. And I really hope they don't change it in any of the next few years in Las Vegas because it it's it's a really, really clean set. Yeah, Reed, I, yeah, Reed, I agree with mm-hmm. you on that. I wish they would kind of have a different look uh, with the Raiders. I, I think that would be fun. Yeah, yeah just, just to pull out every once in a while as an alternate. Maybe a silver – I don't know about a silver jersey, but – maybe one like different uniform. And I don't know what that could be because they've got a pretty limited color scheme. I feel like they could do something Las uh, Vegas inspired. I'm sure sure the minds have it. I feel like they could do something with like the Las Vegas sign or something, incorporate that somehow. But uh, I guess the thing is the, the Raiders have never been a flashy true. You know, they're just like a, a get to work sort of like, that's not their identity. So I don't know. And maybe, maybe they will come up with something. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's the Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders. 
All right. So first overall, uh, Reed's got the color rush of the Saints. Second, I've got the Oakland Raiders black jerseys. Oh, Tommy, what's your first you pick? You guys are going third overall. The NFL. I am going to go a uh, little ordinary, and you know, I actually didn't think about putting this on the list, but now I have. Uh, it's going to be NHL. It's going to be my favorite hometown Blackhawks of Chicago. Well, hometown. My my, my hometown. Not hometown. Not hometown. I, I misspoke, <laughs> but my my favorite. You team. live two hours. My my favorite team, the Blackhawks. They got an interesting <laughs> uniform combo. Uh, they actually have the Blackhawk in the middle, and it's a skull. It's like an X-ray. Have you seen those? Are those before? actual uniforms that they wore? I think those are just fan designs. Uh, I, jersey. Mean, I I thought I saw them online. Uh, I think you probably saw them online. I think they saw them on like AliExpress or DHgate. They're not. I don't think that's a real jersey the Blackhawks have ever worn. Okay. Which so, one, which one is this? The one apparently the Blackhawk, like instead of having a face, it's a skull. A skull. I don't uh, think that's well, a real it's like jersey. It's like an X-ray. It's all. It's almost like an X-ray. I don't think that's what, a real. What thing color is the jersey? I I believe it's black. Is oh, it? I see which one you're talking about. Yeah. What do yeah, you I think? Just looked it up. Is that live? Is that? I don't think that's an official one? uniform. I don't think that's. I don't think that's an official one. But it does remind me of the Winter Classic one they had last season. It was black. The only two colors were black and white. And usually, I don't like plain type of uniforms. They're just black and white. But their Winter Classic one last season really catches my eye. It's a really clean look. It's there's a little bit of a throwback element, and I really like that one. And although I hate the Chicago Blackhawks being a natural, as Predators do fans, I. As do I. I do respect Chicago's uniform game. They got a, a lot of consistent looks. And because they play in just about every outdoor game that's ever happened, <laughs> yeah. they get a lot of cool alternates. Uh, so well, I, I don't respect the team, but I respect the uniforms. Are so, you changing your pick to uh, the black and white, to the black and white Blackhawks jerseys? Uh, can I wait? Can I change my pick then if that wasn't a – I didn't know that Change was. it. All right, we've, we've had our first error of the game, but it's all okay. right. Go ahead, that Tommy. My, <laughs> that was on a that was on a whim, so you gotta forgive me on that one. I'm gonna go Diamondbacks 01. I'm gonna go Diamondbacks 01. Ooh, that World pick. Series. That's a really good looking jersey. It's just kind of flashy, but it's not a lot of flash. It's just it's a nice, aesthetically pleasing jersey. I like that one. That jersey just smells like the 90s and i love it you know it's kind of got like the classic look like the pinstripes obviously like that's a traditional baseball yeah. thing but then you throw in the purple and teal and that's like that just yeah. feels like you know straight you couldn't have come from it couldn't have been made in any other decade about the 90s i know it lasted yeah. into the 2000s of that 01 championship season but i like it a lot it's very much of the era but that's okay and uh obviously yeah. a lot of good memories uh in diamondback history associated with that and i know they've tried to incorporate it a little bit more teal into their uh, current color scheme with the red and the gold, but I don't think it works yeah, as well. It and doesn't work. It doesn't. They work. just need to. They just need to rock the throwbacks. And yeah. I, I like their red enough. Like it's fine. It's a little basic, but I think they need to go full in with the teal. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you on that one. Yeah, and when when the Diamondbacks came out with their new uniforms about three or so years ago, whenever it was, uh. I, I believe they brought back the color scheme for one alternate uniform, and I thought that was a really clean look. I think they used a really cool shade of teal, and I think it worked pretty well. Um, so, yeah, really, really nice look. I really like that one from the Diamondbacks. Yeah, a modern classic. Okay, Tommy, you get a second pick. 
in a row. Fourth overall, first pick of the second round. What's your pick? Okay, here we go. This is a jersey that was actually worn. Uh, I did some research. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, okay, this one's going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, the Black Lions jerseys. The Detroit Lions, they don't rock them a lot. I don't think they've worn them since, I think, that like the 08 season. It's been a while, but I think those are really cool jerseys. And there's some teams in the NFL that have rocked all black jerseys, but I think the Lions, it kind of fits their motif of sadness and disappointment. <laughs> and it just kind of soaks it all in and makes it, finally, we have the black funeral colors. Um, you know, it kind of just wraps it all together. Um, and it just kind of looks nice on them. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this. I, yeah, go ahead, Patrick. Okay, I'm, I like in concept, uh, in theory, a black Lions jersey. And I think of the ones that they wore in this era, this was the 2000s when they wore these. I know exactly the ones you're talking about, like Calvin Johnson's rookie season, uh, the 0-16 team, like John Kitna, that era. Yes, uh, yes. I don't love them just because I think the, the design that it's centered around is a little basic. But I think if the Lions tried to make a black jersey today, I think it would turn out better. Okay. That's a- you know, the Lions, a few years back, uh, before they got their new uniform set, they had a black color rush one. It was all black with uh, the silver helmets. But I really do like the color combination of black, gold, and silver. I've seen it on uh, a few teams. There's There used to be a junior hockey team in the South that had those colors. And I've seen uh, a few teams throughout various leagues. I think it's a really uh, pleasing color combination. But honestly, a Lions uniform I like more than that one is the gray ones they have now. I believe that's the current color rush. I think it's a really nice combination. Yeah, that's all is. gray. And I really I really wish Ohio State would do something like that cuz I think an all gray uniform works well if pulled off the right way. Yeah, that's a nice yeah. I like those jerseys the Lions have as well. Those are really those are really nice. Okay, so Tommy picked the all black Lions jerseys. Uh my turn now and I think this is a jersey that's worn one day a year, or at least in theory it is, because I don't think it's in rotation anymore. But uh, this was worn one day a year, and I'm going with the Thanksgiving Dallas Cowboys jerseys. They can't really do them anymore because of the NFL helmet rules, because the Cowboys would wear a white helmet with these. Uh, if you know the jersey, it's a navy blue base with white shoulders and white sleeves and stars on the shoulder pads, uh, and a white helmet with uh, the navy blue iconic Dallas Cowboys star. Uh, I love these jerseys. <laughs> yeah. They they wore them every Thanksgiving oh. forever, and they don't wear them anymore. Uh, I hope the NFL gets rid of its one helmet rule because I want to see these things brought back. I think they're some of the best uniforms in football, and whenever I see them, I automatically am transported back to Thanksgiving Day of any given year uh, seeing the Cowboys play. So uh, the Cowboys Thanksgiving uniforms, that's my second pick. Slick look. Yeah, and... Slick look. Yeah. Yeah, lucky for you, I've heard that uh, – I'm not sure how close this rule is to being passed, but I've heard they're they're looking at changing that one-helmet rule. So oh, in the next good. few years, we might see that look again. And speaking of the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, since they can't wear this anymore, I've seen them recently wearing their uh, white jersey and white pants, their Color Rush set. And I think their Color Rush set is really nice too. Um, I think it's a really clean design. It's It differs enough from their regular white jersey that – you know, it's it's not just the same basic thing with white pants. And I think that's a really nice design as well. Yeah, that one reminds me a little bit of uh, 
the Thanksgiving ones, just kind of like reversing the Navy and white, like their locations. And it doesn't have yeah. the white helmet, which I think is probably what brings it all together. But obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the silver helmet is like their thing. Like that's what they wear. But I think seeing the white helmet one day a year is, is cool. And it, it really brings yeah. you back to Thanksgiving. And oh, not, not a whole yeah. lot of things can uh, communicate a holiday in their jerseys so easily but uh without being like explicitly this is our christmas jersey this is our you know fourth of july jersey and it's red white and blue but the thanksgiving cowboys jersey does that pretty flawlessly uh so i had that on my list so are the cowboys out now or can i do a different you can pick a different cowboys jersey i've just got the thanksgiving ones all right but now it's reed's turn reed reed what's your pick so this is a uniform that uh, I forgot about this a while back, but I remembered about it because they looked very similar to my high school baseball team's away uniform. I'm talking about the Phillies all blue uniform with the maroon hats. I think that's oh. a really nice look. I think it's sort of like you either love it or hate it, but I think it's a really clean look. And I know in the 80s, a few other teams like the Cardinals and the Brewers did the blue on blue. But I think the Phillies, the contrast between the light blue and the cardinal or maroon color, I think it works really well. I think this is an all-around great look, so I'm choosing that with my second pick. I like this one. I like the powder blue. Yeah, uh, I'm not hating it. It's a good jersey. I like it, and I especially like with the Phillies when they switch the logo from, you know, the modern-day P to on these jerseys using the old-school one from, like, that – uh, 1980, yeah, that is, yeah. was it 81 they won the World Series or 1980 or 82? I can't remember. I think 81. I couldn't tell yeah. you. Yeah. The uniform, I like that logo. Uh, powder blues are a winner in my book. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm indifferent on it. Uh, I don't think it's like the best look in sports, but I don't think it's like – there are more hideous jerseys like, you know, the Pittsburgh – uh, bumblebees black and yellow <laughs> yeah those Ew, those, those, those are the most hideous jerseys the bumblebee are gross uh, so there are worse ones i just you know i'm indifferent on it i don't think it's uh it was an interesting pick i didn't think you would uh, pick that one that's interesting you know now that you bring up the steelers bumblebee look i feel like we got to do this again but with worst uniforms gladly come up with Ooh. our starting five of the worst I'll uniforms come on and do in it. sports history I'll do it. yeah that's yeah that seems like a good follow-up. I already know my first pick for that one. It would be uh, the Islanders jersey with the fishermen on it. Oh, how could you hate those? It's not like it an makes zero sense. sense. I, I think it. it's one of. I don't mind. It looks logo. like it was. Uh, it looks like a generic EA Sports team. I really don't mind that look. I can. I can. I have a way worse look in mind, but I'm going to save it for that episode. I'm going to look into it. Yeah. I'm going to look into it, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll get to that when uh, if we do that episode, which I think we're all in agreement we'll do, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's pretty good. Yeah, we'll do it in a couple yeah. of days. Uh, okay. Reed, you've got another pick. What are you going with to start your third round? So this one, I want to choose a hockey jersey, and I was thinking of uh, my favorite hockey looks, and I, I really considered choosing the Sharks black alternate uniform, mm. which I really love. But oh. instead... Those are I'm going to go with a classic NHL look. Uh, this comes from a team who has a lot of different really cool uniform combinations. But my favorite from this team has to be the New York Rangers 
regular away uniforms. I think these are some of the best hockey uniforms ever made. And the Rangers, they really they do a good job. The regular home uniforms are good. A lot of the winter classic uniforms they've had look really nice. But I think this one stands out the most. This is my favorite away uniform in the entire NHL. Yeah, I think what you got to say with this yeah. one, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's been the same for a very long time. And I think there's no reason to change it. Yeah. Uh. I think any of the original six in hockey, their unis are untouchable. I agree. Yeah. What, I mean, would anybody disagree Although, with me on that? Or? I mean, I would say that Detroit's uniforms, they're not bad. They're just sort of bland. And it's not anything worth making a drastic change on. It's just one stripe on a red uniform. It just it's, – it isn't a bad look. I just kind of wish they would do something a little more. But the fact that they play – the fact that they played some winter classic type games before yeah. does give them some good uh, alternate uniforms. So yeah. I like right. uh, Detroit's Michigan Stadium alternates. If you remember those, oh, those were good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except I think it's funny how oh. the the team from Michigan looked like Ohio State in that game, and the team who was their rival <laughs> looked like Michigan in it. They were wearing blue. The Toronto Maple yeah. Leafs. Yeah. Uh. What do you guys think? This is kind of throwbacking it very far. Um, what do you guys think about the Hartford Whaler jerseys? I'm a fan. Beautiful. I Big love fan. Them. I love the. They've had a lot of different combinations, but I mean, I really love every single one of them. The green, the yeah, green I and love blue. The Hartford Whaler. The green and blue is a good look. I gotta yeah. say. Yeah, I think the dark blue Whalers uniforms look the best out of any Whalers one. They had the the dark blue, the green, and the gray. Oh yeah, I think that was a really good combination. But any Whalers uniform, I love it. And I love when the Carolina Hurricanes bring it back. It's a little weird seeing Carolina yeah, bring it back since they left uh, Hartford all those years ago. But I agree. I, I do like seeing them any chance we get. All right, Pat. I think it's your turn. Yeah, now. it is. Uh, so. Uh, Reed just took uh, New York Rangers a ways off the board. Yeah. Go with that. I'm going NBA pick. A lot of NBA fans call this one uh, their favorite basketball jersey ever. It's another one that's very much of its time, uh, and they brought it back this season. I'm going with the Toronto Raptors original season purple dinosaur look. Oh, yeah. uh, this is a this is a popular yeah. jersey at about every frat party in the country, with the the Vince the Vince <laughs> Carter jersey. I'm sure you've seen many Instagram posts of white dudes with, you know, other white dudes all wearing mm-hmm. Vince Carter jerseys, and you know what? That's yes. okay for a reason because it's a great look. It is number one, very much of its era. Like that couldn't have been made any time but the '90s. But I think there's just so much going on and it's so busy that it kind of works like the, the back of the Jersey, it's got like a, I think it's like a claw that the name's inside of, I don't know how to describe it. And the, the pinstripes are jagged and the script, the script Raptors on the front looks like it kind of came straight out of like, it feels like Jurassic park almost. I don't know how to describe that either. It's, it's just a, a weird jersey that works. Purple and red should not work, but for that old Raptors jersey, it does. And I'm so glad that they brought him back this season. I feel like that jersey and then the Vancouver Grizzlies jersey are kind of like in their own top. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but like those are just two jerseys that, for me at least, like 
those are just kind of untouchable. Like they're so they're in the nineties, but like they're so they're so nice and just nice to look at. Like they're they're just fun. So they're just I think they're just fun. So I think ways. it's a fun jersey. Tommy, I want to thank you for reminding me about those Grizzlies uniforms because I kind of forgot about them. When I was writing out some of my favorite yeah. uniforms here, mm-hmm. I forgot about those. But, I mean, the Memphis Grizzlies brought those back this year. Definitely one of the cleanest looks in the NBA. I absolutely love those. Yeah, those are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. All right, Tommy. And, you know, you – go ahead, Reed. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I was just going to say, you want to talk about a clean Raptors look, though. I feel like the Raptors have some good city edition uniforms. I think the ones they had this year with the black and the gold oh, numbers. The, the, Drake yeah, jerseys. the same sort of Toronto font. This, yeah, they had the same Toronto font that they did in those original Raptors ones. And the back sort of cloth thing by the name is yeah. back too. I think that's a great marriage of the Raptors history and the Raptors now. And <laughs> I really think that's a super clean uniform. And I, I like the black and gold of the Raptors, too. but at the same time, I think it's so weird that they're tying so much of their identity to Drake. Like, it's just kind of weird that they're just oh, like, that's true. Hey, Drake, what if we made a jersey about you? But if you think about it, but if you think about it, though, I mean, Drake is one of the main reasons that Toronto has become, or the Raptors have become so popular in Toronto and that's throughout fair. Canada. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. he's been an ambassador for the team sitting courtside all the time. But I don't know. It's kind of weird that they made a jersey of Drake of all people. Like, and not just a jersey, they've been doing it for probably five years at this point. I think it's been more like three or four, but yeah, you mm-hmm. you, had, you do have a point. All right, Tommy, your third pick. Um, it's surprising to me on this list how many all black uniforms I actually like, and I don't want to go all black on this podcast because that's just kind of sad. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna throw it to the NFL because I don't think or wait I did the Lions already. Um, so yeah, I'm still gonna go with NFL. I'm gonna go 97 Jaguars with the uh. The full Jaguar on the front. Yes, the stretched out Jag. The stretched out Jag is awesome. We're talking like uh, 90s. Who was their quarterback back then? Um, Oh, goodness. Byron Lefwich. Yeah, Lefwich. And then before him, uh, they beat the Patriots. Or they beat the the Broncos. Uh, I don't know. And they actually like that that time period. but the stretched out Jag is just, I think, one of the coolest looks in, if we're talking old NFL. I, th- I really think it's awesome. Either way you slice it. You know what? I kind of disagree. I like I how they disagree. disagree. I think that's fine. I don't think it's like anything super memorable. Maybe just because that's the Jaguars. But I don't like any Jaguars uniforms like that much personally. And I think their current ones are kind of boring. And the ones before this were just a mess. And those ones I would say are the best in their history, but I don't think they're like the best thing ever. Just me. Okay. Yeah, I I'm kind of with Patrick on this one. Um, I feel like um, I mean it's a good look, but I don't think it's I don't think it belongs in this list. I don't think it's that good. Okay. And I mean, I, I I the one area where I disagree with Patrick though is, is I like the Jaguars' current uniforms. I think it's a I think it's a nice clean look. I like the font on the front of them. I think it's and I, I like the color scheme. I do. Too. I like teal. I, I think yeah, teal I works know. about every time. But yeah, I think that I don't know. I I'm yeah, a, I'm usually totally cool with like a simplistic uniform design, but I feel like the current Jaguars' uniforms are like trying too hard to be modern and simple and clean. 
I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense to you. I don't know. I think it's a. I think it's a nice look. I think it's a nice look for a horrible depressing That's, team. Yeah, that much. That uh, much. The I one thing. Is see, hundred percent. It doesn't fit its team. I think it's too good of a look for the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars <laughs> don't deserve it. The Jaguars just deserve like a plain, like black and white and gray, but like not in a Raiders kind of good way. They just need something plain and boring and terrible to match what their team is all about. <laughs> Giving Nick Foles all the guaranteed money in the world and then trading him to Chicago yeah. somehow. Yeah. yeah. Well, man. Huge W yeah. for Nick oh. Foles. He absolutely mm-hmm. finessed the yeah, Jaguars. Yeah, he didn't even Yeah. I mean, the he best just thing is, scammed he didn't them. even have to play that much for the Jaguars. He got hurt and they were like, "Okay, we like Minshew, but we gave you all the money in the world." Yeah, he hardly so now he gets to either go back up Mitch Trubisky or start in front of Mitch Trubisky. Either of those are a W because people are going to say no, at least like... he's not Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> yeah, I think you got to start Nick Foles over Mitch, Mitch Trubisky if you're Chicago. I, I think I think Foles. I I believe in Foles, and I think I think he'll 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 thrive in Chicago. Okay, so that's our third round. Tommy, you've got another pick. What are you going with? All right, so I'm up to mm-hmm. four, right? I've gone Lions. You've picked Diamondbacks, Lions, uh, and 1997 Lions. Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I, I really rushed on that one. I really, I really. <laughs> you could have really left that one on the board. Perfect. That could have been your, your fifth pick. Yeah, I and I probably shouldn't even have picked that. I, and I'm looking through my list, and it's so hard. But I think I'm going to go with the alternate. You've heard me talk about them before. The alternate Purdue unis Glenn Robinson used to wear, and they brought him back for the NCAA tournament a few times against Little Rock when they mm-hmm. lost. Um, it's uh, it, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's like is it maybe like a marble? I think it's I think it's just a white jersey, but it's got like a stripe across it and across the shorts, and it's got Purdue arched across yeah, the front. It's I, a classic look. I like it. I do like it. I don't yeah, like Purdue really basketball, nice. but I do like that jersey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I get that. Yeah. I think it's definitely the best look in their arsenal. Uh, I think their current jerseys are just like a yeah. little busy. I don't like the, I don't like their current uniforms that much. I think they could be a little bit simplified, but I do like that throwback a lot, and I like the stripe across the shorts. Yeah, I think that's really. I think Michigan has kind of a other a look like that too, um, but uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be my my other pick for that for third. You know, you mentioning Purdue basketball, that reminds me of uh, a really nice look from the Vanderbilt Commodores who had the same color scheme. It was okay. it was mid-2000s, I think they wore these, probably all the way up until about 2010 or so, maybe even longer. But uh, they wore they wore an all-gold at home uh, a lot more frequently than they do now. And I don't really know how to describe the font that was on the front of it. You'll kind of just have to see for yourself. But it was, it's a really nice font, and I love this Vanderbilt look. I even had one of these jerseys when I was about five years old. Okay. And I just absolutely love that look. I'm going to take a look at that sometime because that looks, that sounds interesting. Sounds like. Okay, so Tommy, Tommy uh, with his fourth pick, he picked the retro Purdue uniforms that they still wear today as their throwbacks. Uh, I had to go. With yep. my boy okay, so now, re, or wait, no, it's my turn now, not Reed's. Okay. Uh, so I've had a little bit of trouble deciding what exactly is going to be my fourth pick. I have my fifth pick planned out, but my fourth pick, I don't know, because I know my fifth isn't going to be there. But uh, I don't know. I've had a couple that I've narrowed it down to, 
I think I find so <laughs> let's take a time machine back to 2013. Uh, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, the Heatles, the big yeah. three in Miami. I talked about this one with you guys. Uh, these are yeah. the white hot heat jerseys, and they are some of my favorite NBA uniforms ever. Uh, so these jerseys, if you don't know them, they are a white jersey with white letters and white numbers with a thick black outline around it. So you can still kind of see it because you would think on a jersey like that, visibility would be an issue. But uh, watching entire the entire NBA Finals and that whole playoff run, especially when they played against the Pacers and beat them uh, in 2013, 2014, 2012 even, uh, you could see them just fine. Uh, that wasn't really an issue, but... Uh, I love this look. I think it's just a simple two-color scheme, two colors, white, black. It's perfect. It's clean. And it fit with their marketing at the time because the Heat, every playoff game, they would do a white out and they would say, like, white hot, like the white hot heat. And uh, it worked. I love these uniforms. I didn't like the Heat at the time. I still don't like the Heat. But these jerseys, they're good. Yeah, so – you told me about these jerseys the other day, and I had to look it up for myself, and these jerseys are unreal. And I don't know why they don't wear them all the time. I don't think they don't have them in rotation anymore. They were uh, lost to the sands of time back after LeBron left. I mean, like, these jerseys are unreal. I mean, I, I'm not I, – I mean, they they're a- cooler jerseys, but this jersey's just um, – one in a million. They actually had a black and a red variant too, but uh, I didn't like either of those nearly as much. I thought they were okay, but I like these the most. Yeah. Honestly, Patrick, I was I was talking on the phone earlier today, and I mean, I still stand by what I said earlier. I think it's I think it's a nice look, but I I just I don't agree with you guys. I don't think wow. it's as good as you guys That's are making right. it sound. I mean, okay. All right. I well, guess that's a very heat field take. A hot take, a hot take, if you will. Get it? The the heat. I'll see myself <laughs> out. <laughs> 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 tough crowd. Oh, tough, are. tough crowd. Okay, read your fourth pick. What you got? This is one I wanted to say. This for my fifth pick, but now I'm kind of struggling. I don't. I don't know which one because I have a whole list of uniforms I like, but. I don't know which one to choose. This one I know has to be my top five, though. The Milwaukee Brewers new mm. uniforms. They released four yes. new uniforms this season. I love every single one of them. I can't even choose one, but they're all just fantastic. Absolutely a beautiful, clean look. They got pinstripes in some of them. They have uh, a cream shade of white, of white, not white. Um, even their gray uniforms, gray baseball uniforms kind of look boring sometimes, but they even made the gray uniforms look good with. Uh, dark blue text and a really nice yellow outline to make it sort of pop. They brought back a lot of throwback logos, especially their main one with the yeah, glove. And then they cool have uh, a few other throwback logos that are on shoulder patches. I think these are just overall really incredible looks. And also the hat. They have they have, uh, they have the regular solid blue hat, and they have one that's mainly blue, and then it has a, uh, the front two panels are yellow. I think that's just incredible. Um, I'm not a huge baseball uniform guy, but I've chosen two baseball uniforms now because these are just so amazing. I love these. 
Yeah, Reed, I absolutely agree. And I remember when these were unveiled, uh, I thought they were beautiful. I'd like to see them in action a little bit before I like commit to them, commit to the bit as kind of like, oh, these are, these are the best, but uh, I like them. I like them a lot. And I love the MB baseball glove logo. That's, that's a winner in my book. Yeah, I think this rebrand is absolutely incredible. I'd like to see similar, uh, you know, revamped kind of throwbacks. But, you know, a lot of times people have throwbacks, they, they try to change them too much. These, I don't think they're, they're – they don't think they change too much from the old look from 70s or 80s or whenever it was. And I think it works really well. No. Uh, yeah, definitely solid logo. I don't think it's the best uniform in the city of Milwaukee. Um, I think definitely throwback really? throwback bucks to Ray Allen is definitely, I think, better. Um, but okay, those jerseys, those jerseys. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really like the uh, the ones with the giant deer on the front. I know they're kind of similar to like the Raptors jerseys, but the Raptors jerseys, you know, they're kind of they're they're fun. The Bucks jersey, I don't think is that fun. I think it's like just kind oh. of a mess of graphic design at the time that wasn't like a i don't know i don't love that i don't love that jersey that much i think the bucks current uniforms and their like kareem era throwbacks that they wear today like the cream jerseys have you ever seen those those are my favorites uh, of them you know i like those but if you want to talk about another clean look in the city of milwaukee you got to take a look at the nashville predators AHL alternate, the Milwaukee Admirals. Shout out to Frederick Goudreau. He's killing it in Milwaukee. These uniforms are incredible. They have one of my favorite uh, color schemes in all of sports. This is one that – they have the same color scheme as the Titans, as Villanova, as uh, North Carolina. It's the dark blue mixed with the light blue. And I think they have a really good look too. I, I wouldn't put them on my list because it's not quite there yet and they're a minor league team. But I got to show uh, my Admirals a little bit of respect. All right, interesting. Oh, and what's interesting about these Admirals uniforms, they also have they also have a Brewers patch on them. I think the Brewers <laughs> might sponsor them or something. I'm not exactly sure why, but they do have that Milwaukee Brewers glove uh, logo as a patch on their uniforms, which I think is a really interesting That sort is of touch. interesting. Okay, Reed, you got a back-to-back. You picked the, the Brewers 2020s, just all of them. Uh, what's next? Your final pick. Oh. Uh, it's so hard to pick. There's so many I like. Um, I feel like I have to give an honorable mention can, to hey, the National we'll do an Predators. We'll do an honorable their, mention uh, at yeah. the end. How about that? All right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I was really considering choosing the Predators Winter Classic uniforms. I own one of those jerseys. It's a really cool look. But I have to give it to the best look in all of college football, the Texas Christian Horn Frogs. They released new uniforms last season. Every, every uniform combination they had from last year is really good, but I think they're all whites and they're all blacks. Look really nice. And the all-black uniform that has a little bit of a purple design at the collar, which blends perfectly with the purple helmet. I think this is definitely the best look in college football. TCU uh, sort of becoming the new Oregon when it comes to uniforms. They just drop clean look after clean look. They even had uh, a bold but pretty good alternate look they they use that uh strange purple and red combination that doesn't seem like it'd work well but it did um i think any tcu uniform would work well here but i think the all black tcu look has to be 
my last choice in my starting five. Of That's interesting. I like that one too. I wouldn't call it like one of my favorites, but I do think it is a good yeah, look. clean look. Um, definitely fun to see their uniforms coming out. Uh, yeah, they got a good they got a good set their uniforms. I like this. Honestly, I think purple is a really good uh, color when it comes to uniforms. I think purple and black is just a really good yes, color combination. So. Northwestern, they use it well, too. So I, I love the purple and black. All right, so the all-black TCU uniforms, your fifth and final pick. My final pick, uh, I'm going with a baseball jersey. I think it's weird that I'm not picking a college football jersey just because I do the college football show, but – uh, anyway, I'm picking a baseball jersey, and my final pick, this is another thing, just like that Cowboys Thanksgiving jersey, you only see this one once a year. Uh, and I'm going with the Toronto Blue Jays Canada Day uniforms. If you haven't seen these ones before, uh, it's a re- it's okay, if you've seen the Blue Jays regular uniforms, like their white or their blue jerseys, they just say Blue Jays across the front, and they've got the, the logo and... It's normal, right? So you take that jersey, but you make it red. That's the jersey because it's like the Canadian flag. It's red and white. Cause, and it's not like a total like out of left field change, pardon the baseball pun, uh, because they, they have red and white in their color scheme, even if blue is the predominant color 90% of the time. And my favorite change in this probably comes with the hat because they go from wearing the regular hat with the Blue Jay logo on it, which I do like, and it's a blue hat, to a red hat with just a simple Canadian maple leaf on it. And I think it looks really good. I like when they pull it out once a year on July 1st, Canada Day. And whenever we get to see it, it's a treat. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Patrick. And, you know, speaking of the Blue Jays, I remember I was in Toronto this summer Um we we went to Niagara Falls. We went to Toronto for one day, and uh, we we're going downtown. And I think the Blue Jay Stadium is just really cool because it's it's in downtown. I mean, there's downtown in Toronto is huge because it's an enormous city, but it just looks like any other building. But it's just this huge baseball stadium in the middle of the city, and I think it's a really nice looking park. I like it has the retractable roof. Um, I liked it even better when they had. Uh, when they didn't have a completely dirt infield, when they only had dirt around the bases, because I think that's a really unique, uh, interesting look for a field to have. But I think they have one yeah. of the coolest stadiums in sports as well as one of the yeah, coolest Sky Dome, Rogers uh, Center. Yeah. That was the first ever professional MLB game I saw. Was that the Sky Dome? Roger, Re- uh, Roger Which is, you know, something you might not guess. Rogers Center, yeah, same thing. Uh, it's It's right in the middle of downtown Toronto, absolutely. And you know, it's right next to, literally right next to the most iconic building in the city, the CN Tower that just uh, towers over all of Toronto. And you look up when the roof's open at Rogers Center and you see the CN Tower there. I think that's cool. And the other thing I like about Rogers Center is there's a hotel in uh, the outfield. And I think uh, there have been some crazy things that have gone on during games. I'm going to let you imagine and I'm going to let you guys look that up on your own time because I'm not going <laughs> to divulge into it. But having a hotel in the outfield, that's wacky. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you guys yeah, be the judge. Okay, so Blue Jays Canada Day is my fifth pick. Tell wow. me what you got. Okay, there's a lot I want to keep saying and talking about and choosing. And it's so hard. Um, 
and I've got two here, but I think I'm going to go with this one. Loyola Chicago and their college basketball uniforms are some of the most beautiful things to the font, the yellow. It's not really a yellow, but it's more like a, what would I say? Like a, hmm. No, I'll go with yellow. Yeah, yellow font, you know. Um, on the, on the maroon, yeah. Nice look. The font's nice. It's kind of, it's not like your regular font. You know, it's kind of a, a cursive type uh, on some of their jerseys. Um, or, yeah, don't they have a jersey where it's it's cursive, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah, so it it's is a script. Yeah, it is cursive. Yeah. Out of the ordinary. It's not, um, you don't see that every day on college basketball jerseys. I think it's one of the coolest and neatest ones, uh, especially the whole sister Jean. They just made the tournament run here a few years ago. So I want to give a shout out to my uh, homies up in Chicago uh, and talk about Loyola. What do you think about that one for my final pick? Tommy, I totally agree with you. I didn't even think about the Ramblers, but I think that's a great look. And when they made that final four run, uh, you know, the, the maroon and gold of the Ramblers – it sticks out. It's a good look. I, I absolutely adore it. Yeah, I think you made yeah. a great selection here. Yeah, I completely agree. And I didn't I hardly even thought about college basketball when I thought about this. Um but yeah, this this one sort of went over my head, but really good selection. And I really like the fact that um every fan in the crowd yeah. has these uh mm-hmm. the has sister, the the sister jean scarf, scarfs. That nice pattern. I think it, I think yeah. it really makes them yeah, I think it really makes them stand out when you when you go to a tournament game or anything like that. You see all the Loyola fans in the crowd. I think it's a really unique uh, sort of look for a fan to have, and the uniform just goes really well with it. I, it's a really nice color combination. I like how they incorporated the black. They they've had a little bit of a black outline. They had just enough that you know, not too much, not too little of it. Really clean look. One of the best ones in college basketball. Yeah, I think it went over my head because it's you know a what Missouri Valley team? I guess I don't really think about the Missouri Valley. I was whoa. thinking like, okay, Big whoa, Ten, whoa, SEC, whoa. Uh, Pac-12. Don't disrespect the Valley, my friend. I'm not disrespecting the Valley. I'm just saying it's not the first thing I think of when I think of college basketball. So, uh, I feel like the Valley was a much bigger deal when Creighton and Wichita State still played. And I feel like the Valley's unfortunately become for, less for, of a big uh, deal. Fighting sycamores over time. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. When Indiana State returns to greatness, don't say we didn't call it. Yeah. Uh, so, are you ready for honorable mentions? No. Can what? I give – okay. Let's do honorable mentions because that just crossed my mind. Here's an honorable mention that I really wish I would have picked now. Uh, Indiana State's 1979 oh. powder blue uniforms Beautiful. from Larry Bird. Uh, these are – I have a Larry Bird ISU bobblehead sitting right here on my desk, uh, and I didn't even pick it. Uh, these are like the best college basketball uniforms ever. I love them. It's got the state of Indiana as the eye. Uh, the shade of blue is perfect. I think ISU brought them back as a throwback recently, but I wish they would just commit to this color scheme full time because now they use like a royal blue and black and white and it's ugly. And they just changed their logo, by the way. And they used like the shape of Indiana again, except the current shape of Indiana that they uses or uses that they use. Uh, looks horrible. It doesn't look real. I don't like the new Indiana State uniforms or logos. I wish they would go back to the Larry Bird era. I agree. I concur. Love it. Love those uniforms. Uh, I have a couple. All right. 
Pat? Reed, you got anything? Still there, Patrick? On? Um, so this one is less of a uniform pick, although I do like the uniforms. I'm going to – you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it. The Creighton Blue Jays have the best logo in all of all sports. All of sports. Not just American sports or college sports. Out of any any sports team in the entire world, I think there's not a single team with a better logo than the Creighton Blue Jays. I think their old one with just the basketball where it said Jays wasn't that great. But the new one, yeah. the Blue Jay itself, they somehow made a Blue Jay look fierce. They put they put my favorite color combination together in the, the font that they use for their wordmark logo. Really, it's just incredible. I love this logo. Um, and I think – I feel like they could have done a little bit more with their uniforms. Uh, that I mean, is the uniforms the, are just all right. I did the not logo, expect that on this incredible. podcast to be said. And uh, I don't – I don't disagree, but I don't I don't agree with it, but I don't like disagree. Like I'm in the middle of that. Like I don't I don't I guess I don't disagree, but like I think there's better logos, but that is a great logo. Like they found a way to make that Blue Jay fierce. And uh that's a very interesting take. Out of all the sport out of all sports, that's the fiercest you think. You're the fierce fiercest or the best. Yeah, the best. I wouldn't say it's the fiercest. I've seen fiercer logos, but I think overall, from a color scheme and font and just the animal itself, you know, t- taking all those criteria, I think okay. that has to be the best um, overall logo in sports. So I'm really proud of us. We did not go just chalk. We didn't go Cubs, Lakers, Yankees of like just regular jerseys. Like we actually. Uh, you know, we picked out of the box, out of the ordinary jerseys. Um, and a few of the honorable mentions I wanted to do real quick. Um, the orange color pop of the Denver Broncos, like the orange creamsicle. Uh, like the old ones, like uh, like John Elway okay. and, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. drive and all that stuff. Uh, I wanted to shout out those unis because those are nice. Denver's done a really good job with their uniforms, I think. Oh, yeah, I agree. I love the orange. Can you guys hear me again? Yeah. Awesome. I think so, too. Could you, could you hear me at all when I was talking about the Colts? Yeah. No. Okay, I was talking I about not. the Colts. I like how it's just two tones, two colors. No, not a lot of we teams cannot. do that. Two colors works. Sorry to talk about my stuff for now. And then the other one I had was uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. They don't wear them anymore. The 2016, the ones they wore in Game 7 of the 2016 NBA Finals, the black jerseys with sleeves. Oh yeah, I hate. I usually. Oh, I usually talking about t-shirts. You know, you're talking about a t-shirt. He played one time. LeBron tore the sleeves off, and that's okay. Uh, but if you get rid of the sleeves on that jersey, I think it's amazing. I like how it's a it's a unique one too. It has a big C in the middle, and then in the corner of the chest, it has their jersey number, and then on the back, it just looks like the regular Cavs jerseys. But I love that jersey, and I think it's associated with some great memories for Cleveland fans. Yeah, I think all the uniforms they wore that year were really great, but I think the dark blue uh, uniform from 2016, 2017, that era was a really nice look. Ooh, I think I it agree. used the another and the, and the yellow like. really well to contrast uh, that dark blue. I think blue. they wore these, again, back in the LeBron era uh, before Nike took over the NBA design. This was back when Adidas was doing it. Uh, 
they're red and gold jerseys from the current color scheme, the red and gold, the wine and gold mixed with the old school blue and orange ones that had the calves across the front with the V as a basketball hoop. Uh, mixing that with the red and gold, because I like the red and gold way better than the oh, blue yeah. and orange. I just think it fits mm-hmm. Cleveland better. And I think it's – I just associate it with them more because that's like what LeBron wore. And when you think of Cleveland Cavaliers, you think of LeBron. Uh, I love this jersey. Yeah. I think it's – I actually have a LeBron James jersey of that exact design. I love it. I think it's such a fun logo. The the V is the hoop. Still still looks good. I like it a lot. Uh Another one, MLB, um, the old Tampa Bay Rays, like when they had the Devil Devil Rays, Rays, yes, actual Manta Ray on the jersey. Those were those were cool. Yeah, and the Rays have actually brought that back as a throwback nowadays. And uh, even then, they still have a little nod to it on their sleeves. the The Rays have a Manta Ray, a Devil Ray on their sleeve still. But and I do like the current Rays uniforms. I like their hats a lot. I think it's a simple look and I like the light blue outline around like the TB and I like the I also like the Rays Navy jerseys I don't know why but I like the Rays Navy jerseys a lot yeah um so there are a couple hockey jerseys on here that I wanted to mention in my honorable mention I mentioned I talked about the Preds uh earlier um and these two uniforms that I'm about to mention, they sort of go hand in hand with the same kind of look. But the New York New York Rangers Winter Classic jersey from I believe it was 2018, and this past season, or the technically still the current season, the Winnipeg Jets brought out one of my favorite looks uh, for the Heritage Classic. It was a dark blue Jets uniform, kind of a throwback to the 80s, and they had red pants and a really nice. Uh, a really nice three-stripe design. If you want to go look it up, it's the Jets Heritage Classic uniform. And I really like that one. And I think it, it looks very similar to the Rangers one, but I think the Rangers and Jets both did a really good job with that uh, dark blue and red color scheme. And I think the Jets, they did a good job of combining their current dark blue with their old red. So I think the Jets just do a really good job All with right. uniforms in general. Uh, they have that color scheme that I like, that dark blue and light blue. I was just going to say, is the Heritage Classic every year, or is it – Every couple of years. Yeah, it's just it's okay. it's every year, but it's okay. not marketed very well in America because it's always only Canadian yeah. teams. So I they yeah. they should do a better job of marketing it because I like outdoor hockey and a lot of people do. But yeah, it's, that's a shame. It's just not that talked about very much in America, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and my last sort of shout-out, I want to give a shout-out to a team Good who I don't think yeah. their uniforms get appreciated enough, the Florida Gators. They – I think the the blue and orange goes really well together, especially when they wear the orange helmets and the orange pants with the blue jerseys. I think when the helmets match the pants uh, and you have a different color jersey, it usually works really well. And the blue and orange, perfect uh, colors. They, they contrast each other very well. Um, you know – they're complimentary colors. Think I think it's a I really good jerseys. color scheme, and I think they pull it off really well. Don't know why, but I think of blue. I think of blue Gatorade when I see him, and I like him. I do. I'm with you. Well, I think uh, are we? I think we're. I think much that's it. I'm up. gonna read our top fives real quick. Just see if we have any last minute takes. Who won? Who lost? Who's next? Okay, so Reed his 
His five picks, Reed picked first. He had the New Orleans Saints current color rush uniforms, the Philadelphia Phillies retro all powder blues, the New York Rangers away uniforms, the 2020 Milwaukee Brewers uniforms, pick your favorite, any of them, uh, and the TCU all black uniforms in football. I had the Oakland Raiders black uniforms, the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving uniforms, the Toronto Raptors throwback purple dinosaur uniforms, the Miami Heat white hot uniforms, the Toronto Blue Jays Canada Day uniforms. And Tommy had the uh, 2001 Arizona Diamondbacks home uniforms, the Detroit Lions black uniforms, the 1997 Jacksonville Jaguars black uniforms, the Purdue retro basketball uniforms, and the Loyola Chicago current maroon basketball uniforms. Winners and losers. Oh, yeah. I got to say, I think Tommy started out strong with the Diamondbacks, and he saved himself for the end with Loyola. But I, I really totally agree. agree with I'm uh, totally with you. His middle, I think his middle three first picks. and last, they were I feel like Tommy might have taken they were an L good here. picks. Uh, but the other three, eh, I, I, take I him or leave him. I the Jaguars one. If I had to repick that, it would have been the Eagles, Vintage Home, Randall Cunningham, Green. Okay, yes. Tommy. Yeah, you would have you would have really saved your draft there. Oh, uh, I like those. Any uh, notable? Those do you guys really think nice. there were any like steals like that should have gone way early or went too early? Besides Tommy picking the Jaguars or the uh, Lions too early. Oh, I think this I is all a pretty know. even draft, and maybe uh, we'll get a graphic so. out there. Let us know. Who do you think had the best draft? I think it's me. They all think it's themselves, probably. Uh, yeah, this is fine. Yeah. Everybody thinks they had the best one. So, Patrick, I think you uh, had we'll a see decent draft, but I say. think mine's going to win. I think we can promote this over on the first and ten, too. Okay, sounds good. Uh, oh, God bless you, son. Yeah, I'll definitely – Tommy, I'll make you a graphic for – Well, guys, uh, thank you for Instagram. coming on. Uh, Reed, and, glad yeah. you're – on the TDP, come back whenever, Patrick. Of course, as well. Yeah, uh, and, we'll, uh, we'll we'll be back in a couple days to, to do the worst uniforms. We'll be back. Yeah, and listen to it them was on a the pleasure. first and ten. They got a lot of great interviews coming out, and uh, I think your buddy Griffin's coming on here pretty soon. We're going to do another new podcast. I think so. Awesome! Thanks for having that us, Tommy. Yep, anytime. All righty then. Have a great day, guys.